Hello, and welcome back to the show, your Ultimate Playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. All right. So let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, if this is your first time joining, just really quick what we do. Side A, we have a theme, and we pick our favorite song, our favorite choice track based on that theme. And then side B is where we actually have a discussion, a conversation about an album that was selected on the previous episode. And we pick our favorite songs based, or our favorite song on that album. So let's go ahead and drop that needle on side A. All right. So um, if you have listened to the show before, uh, one thing you know about me, this is Brandon. Uh, one thing you know about me is that I love a good long song. I tend to pick a lot of songs that tend to be usually, uh, usually longer than, than many of the other choices that the rest of the hosts make. Um, it is rare that somebody beats me on a longer song. But anyway, um, and then I thought, you know, what would be a great theme? Let's go ahead and pick a long song. We all have to pick a song that is longer than eight minutes. Our marathon song. And so that's what we did. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and get started here. So my choice track is a song that I have known about since college, actually. Uh, the song is called Heart of the Sunrise by the band Yes. So... Just a little background on how I came to this song. There was a movie that came out back in the late 90s called Buffalo 66. And the trailer has a song in there that just blew me away. And that was actually this song, Heart of the Sunrise. And I thought the song was incredible. It was a great jam. Um, the trailer itself was unique and, and special. And then I saw the movie and the song is used in a very uh, prominent part in the film. Um, and the song kicks all sorts of butt uh, in, in the movie. And I just became obsessed with the song that summer that I saw that movie. And it's a song that I've loved ever since. Um, and all I knew was mostly like the first three and a half minutes of that song, which is just this bass heavy, badass sound. And then I listened to the whole album, the whole song, which is over 10 and a half minutes long. And it's just a roller coaster song. Like you would think that it would just be this awesome bass heavy song for 10 and a half minutes, but then it just goes everywhere. It slows down, it picks back up, it's got this great vocal. Um, it's from Yes's fourth studio album called Fragile. Uh, it was the last album on the, the album, or the last song on the album. Um, the band Yes is a British band. They were a progressive rock band. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say other than I think the song uh, is, is phenomenal. Uh, I wasn't sure if you guys had heard the song before, but I really wanted to introduce it to you. It was a hard song to pick as some choice track based on some other themes. So, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do Marathon Songs is it gave me perfect reason to have you listen to it. Um, I have debated with another friend before about the song where he thinks the song is great for the first three and a half minutes. 
and then it slows down. The jam's not quite as cool, but I disagree. I think the song is phenomenal the whole time. Anyway, what do you guys think? Um, I think you played this song for me before, or at least the first part of it. And I feel like the first part of it is probably your wrestling walkout music. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's probably your music. It's a, it's a good song. I was surprised on listening to it. And then I'm surprised it, I did look it up right when we were recording here because I was pretty sure. I'm glad that you said it was a British band because what reminds me of is British is BBC shows because it has the audio problems of all BBC shows where like music is super loud when people talk. It's like the volume drops like two octaves and you're like, what did they say? So you crank up the volume like 10 levels. And then when the music comes back, your your drums are bleeding. Like it, it has the classic BBC problem of like he's screaming his lungs out when he's he's singing. But like the uh, the decibels are like at least ten decibels less than the opening music <laughs> instrumental part. Taj, I'm concerned you <laughs> might have a bad sound system. No, it's classic BBC. It, no, it, it's no. totally the vocals how every are very BBC clear. show is. I do not believe the vocals are drowned out at all by the by the music. <laughs> I mean, if you thought they were there were vocals in the first three and a half minutes, there weren't any. I know there wasn't. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I make sure. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's it's classic. BBC problem with all their BBC shows where it's like it, it's like anything instrumental like it's super loud but anything where they're talking like it's always w- down and you're like turning it up and then it like when the music kicks in you're like ah <laughs> so but yeah but it was good I liked it so right. and I still say it's your wrestling music that's your your walkout wrestling music <laughs> I mean I I love the the music especially <laughs> that first three and a half minutes so right. I'm totally down for it <laughs> What you guys think? What about you, Dietrich? So, so I'm just trying to think. Would Would you be like WWE? Would you be like Raw, or would you be SmackDown? Would just come walking down the aisle? I I don't know if I can give you the right answer. I haven't put, I haven't put that much thought into it. It doesn't matter. No, I'm playing. No, no, this, this is, you know what? This is what I was going to say. This is right in your rocking boat. Like, I, soon as you put it on and I, I hear the bass, I hear the percussions, I hear, you know, all the ambient sounds that are going on in the background and, and, and the switch ups and the whole on. I'm like, this is Brandon in a nutshell. Like, <laughs> if you were going to create your own movie, you're going to steal this song and put it in there somewhere. Somehow. This is going to be in like a prominent moment, maybe in a climax of the movie or, or, or maybe in the sad part when, when one of the good guys is dying and he dies off and then all of a sudden you get into this rage and you start going down the street and creating, creating mayhem and amongst to get revenge for his fallen partner, compadre. <laughs> I can see this totally being a Brandon song. So I'm like, yep, yep, this, this is going to be on the playlist. This is on the podcast. This is the, this is the part of the ultimate playlist. <laughs> <laughs> So, for sure. So, you do like the song? Oh, I love the song. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a yes, Dietrich? Do you like the song? Oh, no, I hate it. It sucks. I don't play No, that was a great pick, man. That was a great pick. I, I see where you're going there with that, Tosh. Um, <laughs> yes, it was a great song. Yes. I, I, I like Yes as a band. I think they're a really good classical band. I think that they're notorious for having. Some longer songs and half instrumental or mostly instrumental and then some lyrics. This is half and half. It does take you on a roller coaster ride. It's the, it's the part of 
I think, what, what was this, 70s, Brandon? Uh, 1971. 71, oh, wow. Yeah, so, like, early 70s, I think, is, like, definitely experimental with this kind of music, but they were, you know, they were, like, definitely, uh, they created something that other people weren't doing, other bands weren't doing, but yet they were. I think a lot of bands at that time played off each other. Um, yeah, the instrumental is great. I mean, you just, you know, the organ, uh, piano, or I guess it's an organ, just goes on forever and uh yeah vocals are great harmonize like you look at the lyrics in the song it's like a it's like a poem man that's really what it is it's kind of hard to like relate to something that's so in-depth and poetic but uh i think it's i think it's really and i say it's hard to relate because there's a lot going on it's it's and it's hard to tell sometimes what they're talking about but i don't think that's what people really cared about when they listened to yes i think it's i think it's the music instrumental's great and uh yeah good sound man nice pick cool all right. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, pick another uh, marathon song here? Taj, what do you got? Oh, I, I'm up next. Okay, you are. All right. So, um, I picked a song that. Um, so, it, it wasn't easy for me to find a marathon song. I'll be. I'll admit it. So, I, I had a couple. I had one that I'm saving because I'm probably going to do the album. Um, so I was going uh, back and forth, and so um, I almost did uh, "Money for Nothing" with Dire Straits, <laughs> a song of very few words, but is a marathon song. Uh, but I flipped it and I went for a song that is um, at least eight minutes thirty seconds long. Um, it's iconic. Um, it's iconic for its message. It's iconic for being a really good karaoke song that will get the whole crowd singing because even though there's a ton of words in it, everybody knows the whole lyrics to the song because the, it's not that fast of a melody. So you can keep up with it. And I picked none other than American by American. Ah, my tongue is tight. American pie by, um, and I'm going to get the artist wrong. Uh, Don McLean. All right. So, um, I picked this John McClain. I think it's McClain. McClain? Kind of like John McClain. McClain? It's like John McClain's cousin. So bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Oh, uh-huh. I see. I know I got it wrong. Sorry. I was trying to mark something here. Okay, gotcha. So, but yeah, it's, um, you know, we did an episode on the day the music died. You know, this is the classic song that has the line about <laughs> the day the music died. Uh, you know, bye bye, my American pie. <laughs> Drove the Chevy to the levee <laughs> till the levee was dry. <laughs> and then, the, boy the, the, <laughs> exactly. This will be the day that I die. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, it's an iconic song and it's, you know, it's one of those songs that y- you're surprised to find out that it's, it's eight minutes and 30 seconds long. Um, the surprising thing is his first album. So this was his first track on his first album. It took up a quarter of his album. Like the quarter of the album was this one song <laughs> on there. Um, and so, but I think it just proves how much of a hit it was. Um, and I kind of went down the rabbit hole because I was kind of curious, like what other songs 
Don did. And so, like, you know, he has the, the Vincent song, which is also on this du- debut album, which is about Starry Starry Night. Um, but, you know, there, this was American Pie is his biggest hit and it came out on his first album. And I think it just shows. I mean, he put front and center and I think it holds front and center as a, as a good marathon song. Um, but like I said, I like it because it's a good marathon song, but you can sing at karaoke and it's not boring <laughs> because it's not a, a totally repetitive <laughs> marathon song uh, like some that play at karaoke. They're like just the same words over and over again. And you're like, get off the stage, <laughs> you know, sing something else. You know, um, But yeah. Anyways, that's American Pie. So. Taj, I would like to know, have you sung this at karaoke? Um, Once or twice, yes. I have sung this at karaoke. <laughs> so. All eight and a half minutes? <laughs> yes, all eight. And, but this is one of those where if you pick this to sing, pretty much the whole crowd is singing and they're not really listening to you sing, which is fine. It's one of those where like you, you play this and like everybody's just singing this song at the top of their lungs. Like they don't care what you sound like singing at karaoke, you know, the whole crowd. So in other is. words, you cheat. Taj <laughs> is a cheat. You cheat. He's a cheater. You cheated. Did you like, everybody can sing. So you don't stand out. Did you like hum or mumble just to see people would notice? No, I did not hum or mumble. <laughs> Did you, did you mouth the words watermelon to make it look like you were singing along and they were singing <laughs> the whole song by themselves? Yeah, because everybody else is going to sing it. Yeah, <laughs> right. there's, there's a few songs for sure at a karaoke bar where you know people are going to sing along. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And this is one of them. I guarantee you, everybody will sing along to this one. So, Hey, Brandon, you know what the other one is? Well, I would say, uh, what? which one? You're not oh. woman enough to take my man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Again, you bring it up. What the I heck? was going to say, all in all seriousness, I was going to say Sweet Caroline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. but Sweet Caroline is mostly people doing filler words. Like, they're not singing the actual song. You know, they're doing the filler words. I mean, I, I was at a piano bar one time, and they sang that song, and it was a good time. Everybody, right? like, everybody sang along. It was fun. I think most people, depending on the crowd that you're in, just love the bop, 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 the drops in it. Right. Right. Go on from there. The only other song I think of that everybody sings every word for word is Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> So yeah, we definitely covered that one. That was uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was my favorite. <laughs> so let me be the first to say, Taj, um, it's, I, I, it's actually a surprising pick for you, um, and uh, I like it. It's a uh, I'm not gonna say it fits you, but I definitely <laughs> I'm, I'm glad of the fact that you picked the song. The one everybody knew, right? Two was a song by a woman, and three was uh, a very popular mix. So yeah, kudos right. to you, man. Good one. Thank you. The song itself, you know, it, like I said, it speaks for itself. You put it on, everybody knows the words, everybody's singing Great. along with it and, and, and going with the vibe. It's a hell of a song. Um, can't see, you know, being on this earth without at least somebody hearing it. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the song is, is classic for sure. I mean, it is one of those kind of songs where it's like, do I really need to listen to this again? <laughs> you know? Um, and like, even for the, for the episode, like, do I really need to listen to it? I mean, I know the song and, uh, but I did. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man, but I got to listen to it. And then unbeknownst to me, I started singing along. I'm like, damn it. 
Damn it. Why am I doing this? I was just telling myself, you don't need to listen to it for the episode. You know the song by heart. You know, you're sick of it. And then halfway through, I'm like, bye, bye. You know, I'm like, no. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a classic song. But again, it's one of those, like, I've heard it so many times. Like, I don't, I, I don't seek it out to listen, you know, by my, like, just for fun. But, uh, but I, it definitely is a, is definitely a good, a song to enjoy in a crowd of people. Right. So, yeah. For, for sure. It's a great song, but it's ominous as hell, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just <laughs> that last part, just to be the day that I die, and you start singing it out loud, like, wait, hold on, really? <laughs> Say like, what? <laughs> back, back up a little bit. <laughs> next song, next song. Let's <laughs> right. to the next. Right. Yeah. Damon, what you got in this, man? Yeah, so I don't know if he's talking about, like, oh, you know, I have such a good time, this will be the day I die. Or is he like, oh, this is going to be the day I die. <laughs> So I better drive that Chevy to the levee. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so the levee is dry. <laughs> if I had a Chevy, I would drive it to the levee. Right? <laughs> I hopefully drive it to pick up chicks, so. <laughs> there you go. Um, whiskey and rye sounds good. <laughs> right? <laughs> This is a song that I heard off of a compilation, and I'd heard it before, but then I heard it, I, I listened to it over and over again, because I, I, I think this is when Sam Goody, it's a music store that used to exist in a place called The Mall a long time ago, and um, yeah, I had this was on it, so like, I, I remember listening to this and thinking, wow, this is really pretty darn good, and then I had remembered hearing it when I was younger, but not, you know, I didn't listen to the lyrics, and but, you know, after getting into it, I really like, I really like Don McLean's uh, music. I think he's kind of like a, he's like a pioneer of folk music, in a way. Would you say folk? Is it like folk rock? Um, yeah, kind of. I think so. I put it in the folk realm. For the yeah. long, before I actually, like, learned to listen to it, I thought uh, John Denver sung this song. You, not, who sung it? John Denver. Oh, John. I could see yeah. that. I, I could see Yeah, I could see. It, John Denver is an actual pioneer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In, that was my ignorance, but I learned. And I will say this. I was surprised. Like I said, I went kind of went down the rabbit hole listening to some of his other songs. And I thought, like, dang it. Is this like an Indigo Girls again where, like, this is his best, like, rock song, but then all his other stuff is really super soft? And it took me a while. It took me a couple songs in. But he has some other heavy rock songs. Uh, there was actually a good one called Dreidel. I was like, oh, okay, this is a cool song. So, but, but yeah. But yeah. I, I might have heard that. I, I don't know if I've. I don't know. I'd have to revisit that. So it's like about a dreidel. Yeah, it's about spinning. About things keep spinning and turning around. Then uh, they never stop spinning. They just slow down. It, is it's that, kind of the, the lyric okay. on it. Yeah. So, it's actually about a dreidel, not yeah. like yeah. the life of a person that would use no. a dreidel. Okay. Well, kind of. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, but yeah. Good old Don McLean. Right. <laughs> exactly. Cousin of John McLean. <laughs> right. Welcome. Come out to the yeah. coast. Have a few drinks. <laughs> all, all right. Well, with that misinformation, um, Damon, what do you got? <laughs> Hopefully not more uh, misinformation. <laughs> But uh, so my pick is my picks by uh, an artist named Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix is probably, I think, the most amazing left-handed guitarist uh, that ever played. But that's my opinion. Uh, this is a this is a guy that lights guitars on fire on stage, and it just seems okay because he did it. 
I think he was probably, he probably did a lot of drugs. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure he did. I think a lot of his performances were probably like maybe based on, you know, that kind of activity. But mus- musical genius. I think he sort of started out not really seeming like he was going to be a huge rock star. Um, Jimi Hendrix is, uh, he's somebody that was playing around the time of the doors. Um, Janis Joplin. You know, these artists were, they all played at, believe, I believe they were all, well, actually, the Doors weren't at Woodstock, right? Am I correct about that? I they were not think there. The Doors would be at Woodstock. I can check. My, my um, history timeline is, yeah. I, I know Joplin and Hendrix were. So yep. Jimmy Hendrix did the Star of Spangled Banner at, um, at Woodstock, which was, I believe that was the opener, but, you know, I could be mistaken, but that's, that, that's how revered he was so quickly. Um, he died at 27. Isn't that yep. the age that a lot of artists died? Like Janis Joplin and some other artists. I, I, I think Jim, Jim Morrison, but... Uh, that that just happened to be the day, the age that that people were dying. I, I'm not really sure why, but it's so sad that you know great artists like Jimi Hendrix didn't even live to be 30, but yeah, he got out so much music and he's still so iconic and. Um, just awesome. Now, there's a lot of music that's over the time uh, frame for a marathon song from Jimi Hendrix. Some of his stuff, uh, I, I tried taking a stab at one of his picks. Um, I want to give a shout out to the Bunny Miles, Band of Gypsies. That's a project he was on. Bunny Miles drummer, uh, great musician and totally awesome. Uh, good do, good mix for him to play with the band of gypsies. They did, but they did a lot of, uh, live stuff. They didn't have a studio album of, um, one of their, you know, one of, I think, I think it might be their only album that they put out. So Buddy Miles did a lot of his own stuff. So did Jimi Hendrix. But, um, uh, so you got, yeah, you've got a lot of talented people and, um, I could have, I could have picked, I could have picked another song, but I, so I went with Voodoo Child, not Voodoo Child, Voodoo Child. Is, uh, a pretty long song. It's a lot of, a lot of guitar. Um, that's what I like most about Jimi Hendrix is he great vocals, great blues. He's a blues artist too. I'd say blues rock, but he, he kind of fits many genres. But, uh, yeah, this one keeps me captivated and I, and I hope it would y'all too. So, uh, what'd you think? I guess I can go. Better I, Woods. <laughs> all right. Uh, and so, uh, procedures go. It, I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't listened to a lot of Jimi Hendrix. Um, I probably should, but I, I haven't. Oh yeah. Um, definitely should. It, it was, it was good. I mean, I liked it. It was, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's part of like why I don't like Dave Matthews band. I'm not a big jam band person. Like I don't like jam sessions. Like I like songs. They have a clear purpose <laughs> and, and message. And, and I know I should kind of get into that, but I, I'm just not a jam person. And, um, you know, it, it was good. So I, I enjoyed it for what was. It was a good song. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, that's about all I have to say. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to chime in here. Okay. First of all, Hendrix, rock god, no question. Right. Second of all, this song here, the difference between Voodoo Child and Voodoo Child, there is a very distinct difference. So, yes, thank you for correcting us on there, Damon. But um, Voodoo Child itself. Man, when you talk about just straight raw blues power meets solid funk, well, 
rock, like like psychedelic rock style, like those two combined together on this song. Like you, you can't tell me that you don't feel some type of blues feeling from this track, the way it's coming across and, and how he portrays it out. And so you really, it really sets you in a mood and a mindset. You know, this, this is not going to be the heavy rock out, like all over the place, you know, 135 beats per minute, you know, everybody going crazy type stuff. This is what gets you really into the soul of music and the way that he hits them licks, man. It's, uh, it's mind boggling how somebody so young could pass away. And still to this day, you have guitarists who are learning to play guitar based off of his licks. So, I mean, Absolutely. in my mind, it's, it's definitely one of, it's, it's, I won't say it's one of my favorite songs from him. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? The feeling is definitely uh, prevailed for this. Uh, it, it definitely came through. And I think it was, what, what, 14 minutes long? Like, damn. Like, I feel you, Taz, when you say that you don't like jam songs, but I think. It's like 15 minutes. Yeah. Right. Like, for you, I think for you, if, if you were, like, actually watching a live band play. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, you'd be in a different feel for it. This, for sure. Yeah, this kind of, you have to put yourself in that mindset. Like, you're actually watching Jimmy on stage and performing in front of you when you like you get lost in the music like that so yeah no for sure exactly i could totally see that i mean he, he it's like he had a lot to say he's got a lot to say in his songs i mean there's there's a real i guess it's a real feeling with just the guitar itself i mean a lot of emotion there so yeah yeah get, give it a listen man and check out some more Jimi hendrix there's electric ladyland's a really good album check that out man but yeah definitely check out uh being the gypsies and um yeah give give it a shot Blue okay. Child's awesome, man. They're all real southern blues, I think. You got, like, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan's kind of got a similar, you know, sound, I think, to this song. Not all of his stuff, but, yeah, they, they're all right there, man. Yeah. What were you going to say, Brandon? Uh, I was just going to say the the song is phenomenal. I probably not as familiar with this song as I am Voodoo Child, Slight Return. You know, I've heard that one much more. I mean, it's definitely more of a radio friendly song. So you hear it, you know, more than you do this one because, you know, you're not going to hear a 15 minute song on the radio that that very often, Uh, you know, maybe like deep tracks on Sirius XM. But, you know, you're not going to hear it on uh radio friendly. Uh, um, stations. But yeah, no, I mean, the, the song is great. Um, I, I was kind of thrown off by it at first because I haven't heard that version in such a long time. Um, and it was interesting listening to it because, you, you know, at first I'm like, wait, this isn't a live recording, right? Because you can hear the people in the studio, like in awe of, of the song, you know, and, and like, no, it was recorded there in the studio. That was just, you know, friends and, and technicians just totally blown away by, by what they were witnessing. And I, I thought that was fantastic. Um, and then I, I don't know if I read it right, but the song went a lot longer than they meant it to be. And so that's why Voodoo Child is as short as, as it is and, and like finishes the album because it, because that, that one song was a lot longer than they thought it was going to be to, and you know, they put it on the album, but some of the other shot songs ended up becoming shorter because of it. At least Voodoo Child did. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but I think that's what I read. But, um, anyway, though, no, I think the song's great. The song's phenomenal. Jimmy Hendrix, you know, he's, he's a, a rock god and he's a rock god for a reason. And, um, you know, his life was cut short, but, you know, his, his music will be introduced to generations 
uh, upon generations. Like it, we're not gonna, we're not gonna forget Jimi Hendrix. Um, you know, even in in a apocalyptic wasteland, they're still gonna be playing Jimi Hendrix. So mm-hmm. I want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So great choice. Thanks, man. So, yeah. Nice. All right. So there was one marathon song left, and that song belongs to Diedrich. What song did you pick? I picked Baby Shark. <laughs> That's not so eight minutes. Feels like man. eight minutes, baby. Yeah, Nah, um, <laughs> my pick came from a group um that is known as one of the foremost, you know, pop soul groups of all time. Um, one of the longest running groups of all time when it comes to soul. Um, switching out members left and right, and then some splitting up two different ways and and coming back into the fold of things. So. Um, I'm talking about no more than the temptation. And the song that I picked was a funny song. It's got a funny background. It's uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Papa was a rolling stone. And let me tell you why first song I picked. One, because it's the first song that came to mind when we talked about marathon songs. Because it was the first song that I had to sit down and listen to in entirety. And was kind of blown away by the instrumentals more so than the actual lyrics itself. Now, as I got older, I realized that there were like three different cuts of this song um, as far as the temptations go. You know, there was a three minute cut for the radio. There was a, a eight minute cut, you know, for the, the album or the single of the album. But then there's an the actual deluxe cut, which is the original cut, which was 12 minutes and five seconds. And first things first, fun fact, they didn't write the song and the song wasn't originally for them. Um, the song was actually for a group called Undisputed Troop. And if you don't know who that is, go look them up. But Undisputed Truth was uh the, one of the other songs that you probably remember or recognize is the one that's called Smiling Faces. Smiling faces, smiling faces tell lies. Um, it was a, a trio ensemble type situation. And um they actually put the song out. They released it in May of 71. Um, and it got to like number 63 on the charts. And then later that year, same year in September, um, the actual Temptations re-recorded the song because the original composers of the song were the ones that let them do it. Um, that was trying to remember. Oh, uh, Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong. They're the ones who wrote the song. They were Motown producers. And so when they had the Temptations rewrite it, they total, totally changed up the, the rearrangement of the song. So the arrangement of the song, the original was more like a, a smooth, soulful type of mix. When they changed it to this situation, this got changed over to a whole psychedelic feel. So they brought in the wah guitars, they brought in um, the horn section, they brought in trumpets, they brought in a whole orchestra is what it felt like. But it was just a couple of musicians, the um, the, the Funk Brothers and a couple of other folks that brought in in order to, to emphasize the music so much to the fact that the actual band or sorry, not the band, but the the group were pissed off because the the intro of the song got more attention than the actual song itself. And what they didn't realize is that's what actually set up the song for its dramatic skill. Um, there's also other little facts where, um, you know, Lee Singer Edwards got mad because 
Um, the first lyric in the song is it was the 3rd of September and he was pissed out because he thought they wrote that for him to sing because his dad died the 3rd of September when actuality it was October 3rd but at the time he was so pissed off and enraged that you know he thought that they were trying to piss him off and they actually did try to get the grit out of him so they made him record it several times over Um, but uh, the fact is the song to me is one of the standout songs for their legacy because you know had they not re-recorded that song and turned it into the faction of which it is, I don't think they would have had such a strong foothold on music as they did. They had other great songs in the 60s, 70s. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. But um, this was the only single on that album that they released. It was called All Directions. So um, it's, it's kind of one of those things like if they didn't record this, what that album has done so well. No, not really. So um, tell me what y'all think, man. So, so this is one of their later hits, right? This is one of their last... Last hits or when they're one of their later hits, yeah, it was uh okay. 72 when it came out. Um, that's right around the time where they were starting to split up, and, and then you had two different versions of the temptations. You know, they were roughing his version out here, and then they had their version of it, and, and then they were going back and forth and competing for the actual name of it, uh, of okay. the up band and the whole nine. So it was a whole smorgasbord of mixture going on. Okay, I'll, I'll let somebody else go first. I think Brandon, Brandon wanted to jump in there. Did I? Yeah. Okay. I'll jump in. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Um, no yeah, I I mean I love this song. I've heard the song many times. Uh I mean the the instrumental is just phenomenal and uh it's just an awesome groove. And um it's so interesting too because you know, you, you think of Temptations and, and you hear this song, and I'm like, wait, is that the same band? You know, because like you think of like my girl, you know, and right. And, uh, and, but then you hear this song, like, this song's too groovy for the temptations. But, um, no, it is. It, I mean, the song's awesome. It's, it's fantastic. I think it's a, a great choice. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally dug it. Like, and it, it's another one of those where I've heard the song so many times. I didn't need to listen to it again, but I wanted to listen to it again. And then I wanted to listen to it again, again. And that's what I did. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I love this song. Um, great choice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I think this is a great pick. I, I mean, this is like another iconic band, you know, and, um, I think, they're also ahead of their time because it, it, they're sounding like something that I would have listened to in the 2000s. When, not when they're singing, but like the beginning, you know, this is an extended version. So you have like, uh, I guess like keyboards and electronic music going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I really get that. I really get that feel of like modernized soul, you know? But yeah, I, I mean, I, I've heard the song, I've heard the versions of the song before. Um, and you know, I, I, I still like, I still like it. I think the extended version definitely like it's different from some of the other stuff and they have a little bit of a different sound, but they're different. Some of their different songs too. So you're kind yeah. of like, is that the same band? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, this is like, it really, it really is cool because it's, it's a, it's an older band, but yeah, they have this new sound. They've been around for a long time. Um, I mean, I, I, I love that kind of music. That's that definitely trance music a little bit too. So, all right. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. So I, I like the song a lot. What I think is interesting is, is, well, first of all, that first whole instrumental part is mm-hmm. kind of like almost a passage of time, right? 
Um, you know, and it's kind of like you come to the point, his dad died and it's, you know, like a son talking to his mom, you know, that whole second part of the instrumental almost feels like another passage of time, but it also kind of feels like there's another conversation you're not hearing. And then it kind of makes you, I keep thinking that like maybe the son grew up to be just like the father, but then it's a daughter talking to her mom, like, Hey, you know, dad died, you know, you got to tell me something. And like, he just turned into be a rolling stone just like his own old man did <laughs> and, and and so it, and it's just kind of an interesting like you're like what's this song like like yeah the song's kind of dark but then it's kind of interesting it's like it just like patterns just keep repeating and it it just feels like there's either a conversation you're not hearing the other half to or like a passage in time or both so but yeah See, I think it's interesting that you picked up on these lyrics. And this is one of those examples where, right. <laughs> like, to me, the music outweighs the lyrics. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I don't even <laughs> know what they say in that other than Papa was a Rolling Stone. That's all I remember. <laughs> you know? I was gonna, I was about to say, so like, it's, I like how Taj does pick up on the lyrics and, you know, it's meaningful, the words. Sure. But like, I, I listen to the song, like Brandon, and I'm like, I would totally groove to these guys in a concert. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I <laughs> wish I had seen them in live so I could just yeah. hang out and have fun and really they, enjoy it. You know, there doesn't, like beer, whatever. They could have just like, uh, like hummed and then just said, Papa was Rolling Stone and then start <laughs> humming again. And the song would still be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the whole reason the group was pissed off. It's like, you're trying to make this music sound better than us, and we're the ones to get a song. It's like, we don't even care about you on this song. We just, we just put you on here just to be, just to be like a favor to Barry Gordy. Outside of that, we can ride just by itself. It could be its own instrumental. It could be like Shaft. You ain't even need no lyrics. You just have the instrumental play and just go through it and be like, okay, yeah, that works. Well, that's a good point. So that, that brings up a good point. Like, with, with music, do artists, Especially like the popular ones that make a lot of money off their albums and, um, they, I guess like they get fans like Taj to latch onto the lyrics and to really like look into it and feel it and, you know, try to like relate to it. Um, do they know, <laughs> do they know what they're saying? Do they even know what they're talking about? Do, is it like always going to be a personal experience that the artist is going to bring to their song? Or is it just maybe something, you know, I don't know if it's always obvious if it's a studio that, that said, hey, this sounds good right now. You know, yeah. you know it's funny to say. Um, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. but No, go ahead. I was, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's funny to say that because um, it, when you're not writing your own songs, you don't really know what to expect to come to come your way when you're going into the studio. And then when you get the lyrics, you... you uh, I, I can speak for myself. I can't really speak for anybody else. Um, you can kind of try to like adapt your style to the music to figure out what's supposed to be and how it's supposed to go. So you try to make it your own, but I don't think you'll ever really just truly get to make it your own unless you actually write it. Um, so in that aspect, I, I really couldn't say one way or another how they actually feel about the lyrics and about the song itself. I do know that the producers that actually put the song together um, actually got let go later down the line because they didn't like how they were treating the group. Because basically, they just thought, you know, they're yard temptations, but y'all ain't nothing without me. Um, so um, that that did, that feeling definitely was portrayed during the recordings of the song, um, where you know they start picking on certain members of the of the band in order to try to get better sound out of them. But what what I will say is it's 
there's so many songs that are out that you wouldn't believe who wrote them or how long they've been sitting out there for somebody to pick it up and do it. Like, it, it would blow your mind if you knew that your favorite song that was literally on a catalog for three years before this artist decided to pick it up and sing it. Or this label made this artist sing this song and it happened to be like the artist's biggest hit that they ever had in their career. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that's a good point. All right. Thanks for that input. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I'm not a Rolling Stone. You're not a Rolling Stone. <laughs> All right. No. So is does that uh, about do it for side A, folks? Anybody else have anything else to add? No, nah, I think we're good. Think we're good? Cool. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, flip over that record and uh, drop the needle on side B. Um, so, Brandon, how you doing over there? I'm good, Taj. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I, I think you gave us some homework, if I'm not mistaken. So you are not mistaken. You're okay. correct. Um, yeah. So I wanted to play it a little different this time. Um, I thought what would be kind of fun is we picked four songs that are super long, <laughs> but then my album was a lot shorter than most of my other selections that I've done in the past. In fact, the album that I picked is only 36 minutes long. Our four songs combined are longer than this album. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, you guys know I usually pick a lot of albums, uh, from, from yesteryears. Uh, this time though, I actually went with something from 2007. The album I picked was Good, Bad, Not Evil by Black Lips. Um, if you've never heard of the Black Lips, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but you may have heard a few of their songs, uh, definitely in some pretty popular big movies. Uh, in fact, a few of the songs from this album were in movies like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, 500 Days of Summer. Their songs have been on television shows. Um, so anyway, you may have heard Black Lives without actually knowing the name Black Lives. So, uh, my introduction to Black Lips, honestly, it's a hard for me to remember. I feel like I heard of them maybe in 2005, 2006. I don't quite remember what brought me to them. It may have been e-music that Bain, Taj, and I bring up again and again. I'm not sure. Um, but definitely, uh, I was definitely a fan of Black Lips by the time this album came out. And I think this is probably the, their biggest album to date. Um, they had, they are still together and they still record and they have new albums. But, um, I, I definitely think for me, this might be their best one and definitely, um, maybe their most accessible one. Um, so yeah, uh, the band themselves, Black Lips, they were formed in 1999. Uh, they're a garage band, uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, they were formed after these musicians had, uh, broke up, it broke up in other bands. They came together and, and formed the, formed the Black Lips. Um, let me see if I can describe this album. It is a, uh, it is like a stew of garage rock blues 
doo-wop, country, punk, surf music. It's everything that I love. I love an eclectic, eclectic mix of music. Um, this album definitely provides it. Um, I have actually seen them live. Uh, I saw them at, at Mohawk after this album came out. I think it was during their tour for this album. Um, the Black Lips are known for having crazy live shows. I can confirm this. Uh, I remember them having some wild antics on stage. And, uh, I remember one of them playing guitar naked, um, playing strings with, uh, appendix, appendix. <laughs> Uh, is that the word? I'm trying to be polite. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they were playing their guitar with, uh, with another member. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, so it wasn't uh, a, cl- well, it was a it, collaboration, it, but not the kind that you think. Yeah. With, with a mini member. With, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, like their live shows are known for having them vomit, urinate, nudity, chickens, uh, fireworks, you name chickens? it. Chickens? Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Chickens? What, what? Chickens. Chickens. I, a live chicken? Live chickens. Yeah. All sorts of things, man. They didn't like, like do something to the chicken, did they? I read one where they had like an RC car race during their, during a show. Oh my I, God. Yeah. So, um, they're a crazy band. They have definitely mellowed out throughout the years. Um, and, and the, really, the Black Lips really ignited, uh, after their, their 2007, uh, South by Southwest tour. They actually did 12 shows in three days at the oh South by Southwest in 2007. And they had a write up in the New York Times. Oh my God. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm a big fan. I, I love this album, and it is very hard for me to pick my favorite song. Um, a couple that come to mind is Cold Hands, and uh, it feels right. But if I had to pick, I would do Navajo. Uh, Navajo is probably my favorite song on here. Um, so, yeah, man, I, it is very different. Uh, like I said, it's it's all sorts of music on one album. I think that they're great. I really enjoy, and it was a fantastic live show. Uh, Black Lips, man, good, good, bad, not evil. What do you guys think? Um, I'm going to jump in here first. I love it. I actually love your pick. I love the band. I've heard of the band. I've seen on YouTube some of their antics. I did not see the extremity being used. I'm kind of glad I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But but I can imagine it being used because, like you said, they were a wild young bunch. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I like Cold Hands. I like uh, Bad Kids. My favorite cut on this album is Vinny Vidi Vici, which for those who don't know is Latin. Where I came, I saw, I conquered. And I was like, that was the first pick. I didn't even have to think about it because that was the one first song that I've heard coming from them. Um, by passing through like, uh, what was it? LimeWire and, and, and YouTube and, and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, coming around the way. So, you know, just looking back on songs and, and other songs will come up and other things would, would get into rotation and play. Um, so it was like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. I had to look them up. So I was definitely happy with that. Great album. Great sound. All over the place. Very, very eclectic. And I loved it, man. That was a great pick, dude. Nice. 
And I just want to say really quick, maybe my memory is wrong. Maybe they didn't use their member, but I could have sworn that's what happened that night. So. <laughs> With everything else they do on stage, it does not surprise me. Yeah, I could have like, sworn that that's what happened. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't right center stage, but I could have sworn that's what, what I saw that night. So did you have a, I, I could have sworn you said you had a story other than that about a friend that you're with. Yeah, I well, there there was somebody who uh, was definitely inebriated in front of us and were getting in the way. And uh, this person right. shoved them and they just kept like getting right on top of us. And I grabbed this person because I'm like, we're not getting into a fight. Uh, we are on the on the first level of the floor and uh, we had to go up to the second stage or the second level because I didn't, <laughs> didn't want something to happen that didn't need to. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like the the perfect recipe for disaster. Yeah. With like appendages, playing guitar, and chickens, and drunk assholes. And that's the Mohawk, so it's like not my favorite venue, but I do like the Mohawk second level. Sometimes some shows, you know, it works out. But uh, yeah, maybe that was a blessing in disguise. But so being down on the first level, you must have been in the pit. It was just yeah, obnoxious. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, yeah, this is definitely like surf rock a little bit, but then it, it takes a change and it's very almost like, I can't believe they're like doing all this stuff on stage because some of their stuff's kind of mellow. Um, I would say, and sorry to, sorry to just take charge over you, Taj. Uh, oh no, you're fine. Lock and key is kind of like, I like that for like the surf rock sound. And then the last song, Transcend, Transcendent. <laughs> <laughs> transcendental transcendental light i'm saying that wrong yeah no i think you're saying transcendental yeah you're saying it right but yeah that's that's a nice it's kind of like a it's got a nice mellow groove and it still has kind of it has sort of that like you know early the mid-2000s like um trying to think not exactly killers Maybe a little bit of flaming lips. These are the black lips, not the flaming lips. But uh, yeah, I like it for the surf rock sound because they sound like some of the songs I've spotlighted on here. So, or some of the bands, anyway. So cool pick. I like it. I wish I could have gone to a show with you with to see these guys. Maybe we still can. Let's set that up. Uh, yeah. So um, I I liked it. So I will admit that like I listened to it and I was like, have I listened to this before? And like it, once you said one of them was on. Scott Pilgrim, I can see that because I kind of was getting that Scott Pilgrim feeling off of a couple of the tracks. Um, and um, it, I will admit, I, I gave it two full listens. I still kind of need to listen to it more to find the favorite track. Right now, if I had to pick, it, it would probably be Navajo, but it's like it's one of those where it's like, I want to give another two or three more listens to make sure that is the actual pick. But there is something about Navajo that just stands out that you're like, this is a good song. Like, it's so different than the other ones. And you're like, but yeah, it, either that or, or the one that was off of Scott Pilgrim, which is the second one, which is the, oh, Katarina. Uh -huh. So. But yeah, the, the, it, it's it's one of those like I think I've heard this whole album before, but then you're like, this is a fresh air because like it's been a while since I've heard it. So th thank you for the pick, that Brandon. So 
Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's so. uh it's a very, it's a very fun album and uh, right. has all sorts of sound songs on it. You know, right. <laughs> like, there's bound to be one you got to like. Exactly. Exactly. So I really like your experience with the, with the live show. I think that, like I said before, concerts are my favorite. I, I, you can listen to music all day, but I don't think you can really get true like feel for the band unless you've gone to the show. And you definitely have a different perspective on these guys, right? I mean, so. I mean, yeah, you, you can't look at them the same after, you know, <laughs> kind of exposing curious. parts of themselves, potentially. <laughs> maybe I think they did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, it was a, maybe it was a fake one, I don't know. Yeah. Could be. Doubt it. Detachable. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There, there's an interesting album that came out in early 2007 where it supposedly was a live album that they recorded in Tijuana. Some people claim that it's not real, but I don't know, man. You listen to the live album, I'm like, that was like, that had to be a night of infamy if it really does exist. So you did, yes. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. Listen, because I remember you playing that one in Tijuana for me before. So I know yeah. I've listened to this album before. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if it, like, I always thought it was true, but doing some research, some people claim it's not real, but I don't know. If it's not real, it's, it's pretty convincing. <laughs> right. right. But wow. just imagine a band like Black Lips in Tijuana. You know, doing a, a late show. I'm sure. If I remember, like, interesting. In that, there's like three parts in that song where he's asking for more beer. Like, <laughs> like they're singing. He's like, "I need another beer. My beer's out." <laughs> like with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Winky. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not too mad at it. I used to slam on to get to the snare drum. So. <laughs> too much information. <laughs> Well, all right, guys. Well, thank you for taking that journey. Wait, hey, 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 hey. Oh, well, I guess you can thank us. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and we're not going to pick up that needle quite yet. Okay. Because <laughs> we need to know what record to spin next episode. Oh, so, hmm. Deidre, do you have uh, some homework for us? <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you, Hall Monitor Taj. Yes. <laughs> Making sure that, uh, we had our slips in order to be excused from class. Right. Um, so, yes, I actually do have some homework for you. But funny enough, where this homework is coming from. So, um, last episode, for those who will listen to it, you know, that we went over um, 60s and 70s country singers. And there was a moment in there where we were actually talking about some country singers that weren't necessarily country. Um, that, you know, kind of got put into that genre through other means and other situations. Well, amongst my research, I actually came across the album and maybe listened to it like four times. And I was going to pick this person for my actual um, choice track, but I decided, no, let me hold off and I could use the whole album for a situation, which is what I decided to do. So this album comes from 1967. I'm not going to torture you out too much. It's 10 songs, but it's 30 minutes long. And it's by an artist by the name of Bobby Gentry. And the name of the album is Ode to Billy Joe. I See, I was surprised somebody picked that song. But okay, it makes sense now. 
Yeah, buddy. So okay. again, the artist is Bobby Gentry. The album is Ode to Billy Joe. So you gotta check that out and uh, get our review next time we're we're ready to go at it. Okay, and I did I did step on Brandon's toe because I think we have some special news about next episode and about homework, right? Yeah, I just think it's amazing that Bobby Gentry did a Ode to Billy Joel before he was a musician. No, Billy Joe. Not <laughs> no, Billy I know, Joel. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm like, did I pronunciate it right? No, no, you got it right. You got it right. I actually, I know the album, but I, yeah. Anyway, Ode to Billy Joel. She went back in time to do an Ode to Billy Joel. Yeah, but I thought it was was a Green Day reference. (laughs) So, yeah, um, before we go, um, this that episode that we're going to discuss, the Bobby Gentry album, is going to be two weeks from now. Uh, But next week's episode, we're doing a special theme. Um, We might as well go ahead and let everybody know. Right, Tosh? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, uh, on January 24th, the Elvis movie is coming out. And so we thought, what better than to pick two of our favorite songs by the king himself, Elvis Presley. Uh, so, January yeah. 24th or uh, July 24th? Or or it's not, sorry, June, June 24th. 24th. <laughs> June 24th. Man, did I say something wrong? I September 24th. <laughs> yeah. June, June 24th, uh, Elvis Presley is going to be, it's going to be a whole episode devoted to our favorite Elvis Presley songs. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that all right, Tosh? That's all right. Yep. That's all right with you? That's all right. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode. Uh, You can find us on our, uh, you can email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. You can find us on our website at choicetracks.com. Please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. And let's go and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Dietrich, and we're signing off, and we're going to pick up the needle to jockey spinning those choice tracks. <laughs>